Father in heaven, I want to thank you for uh, this weekend, God, for allowing us the opportunity to get away, to look into your word, uh, especially for these classes with just the men, God. Uh, it's, uh, it's an awesome thing to see you working in the hearts of young guys because, uh, God, I work with college students tonight, and uh, I get to see the way their lives turn out when they've been living life without you, and it's heartbreaking, God, to see uh, what Satan has done to them from the time that they get into high school till sometimes their second, third, or fourth year in college, God, and when they finally uh, come to find you, God, it's, it's uh, so sad to see what Satan has already accomplished in their lives and the lies that he feeds that uh, men uh, are something bad or that men are incapable of um, doing incredible things for you, God, and so many, especially teen boys, God, uh, whether they try to put on a, a front or not, are insecure, and they face a, a lot of rough stuff at school, God, and I want to pray that you'll use these classes with these men to help them understand the kind of impact that they can have on the world, and God, that uh, they, will, they will buy into who you are, and they will have enough faith to believe that you want to do great things through them. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, I, I look at, uh, at, the, at our teen guys, and <coughs> some of you are in different positions, but uh, I know for a lot of you, you look, and to be quite honest, in our day and age, dads don't tend to be what they should be, right? Uh, I think about my college guys, and, you know, I've got most of your youth leaders that are in this room are alumni from the campus ministry, right? Raise your hand, guys, if you, came, if you became a Christian or came through the youth ministry. I think all of your, I think all of your youth leaders, pretty much, came through the campus ministry. And so what I'm trying to, and the reason I'm telling you guys that is, is this. How many of you guys that just raise your hands feel like your dad was what he needed to be in raising you up to be a man who could change the world. Raise your hand if you feel that way. And, that, and, and some of you guys would view your, your, guy, your dads as good guys, right? Evan would say his dad was a good guy. But he wouldn't look and say, but he equipped me to be a man of faith that changed the world. And so as sons, too many times you guys look and you haven't had an example of a man who says, I want you to grab a hold of the world and I want you to pick it up for God and I want you to shake it up. And you've never been given that opportunity. So it's very easy to believe this lie that somehow because you haven't had that, that you'll never be that. And I want you guys to know. That's wholly inaccurate. And one of the reasons that you guys can know that is you can look at Stephan and you can look at Tim and you can look at Moses and Marcus and Evan and anybody else in here I'm missing who never had that but have found a way to be sons of the Father that have allowed them to break the cycle of who they were before. And because they're sons of faith, God is using them to do incredible things. And I don't care what your background has been, or where you come from, God wants you to know that if you put your trust and faith in him, you can be men who change the world. You can be men who have different families than you ever imagined you could have. In Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 6, it says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, 
and you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And you may not have that person that you can look to and be like, this is the guy who shaped me to be a man who would change the world. I, I've never had that kind of father. You may be thinking that. But what God is trying to tell you is that you have been made sons of Abraham. And Abraham was a man of faith who changed everything. He was imperfect. He made some dumb decisions, but he believed God, and he trusted God, and he loved God, and he had such a belief in God that God said Abraham would be a man who would affect every, <laughs> every generation to come. This weekend is all about generations. It's so cool that you have a generation of older men to look to in the kingdom of God to see what you should become. But you can look back even farther than that because those generations, according to the Bible, I have a drink up here, thank you. Those generations in the Bible started with faith. They started with Abraham, who the Bible says God looked at Abraham's faith and said, this dude's righteous. And then he went to Abraham and said, I'm going to do great things through you and in your life. And you need to understand whose kid, whose son in the faith you guys are. How many of you guys look and say, I've never really been taught by a dad the way that I should have been, to be a man or to be a godly man for that matter? Raise them high if you feel that way. Look around the room, guys. Okay, you see how many hands are up? How many of you would say you have had that? Now look at the minority. And I'm going to tell you guys something. God wants you to be men of faith who change the world, who change everything. You see, there, were, there are kind of six phases of faith that you see take place in Abraham's life. Abraham is an old man when God comes to him. And the first kind of step in the faith he gives him is he gives Abraham, he dreams for Abraham. At that time, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, God comes to Abraham and gives him a dream and says, Listen, I'm going to make you into a great nation. You're going to have more kids than you could count in the stars. Now, if God came to you in a dream or spoke to you and told you something, you would think it might be easy to believe, right? You know, sometimes we look at life and we're like, well, if God actually spoke to me the way he did people in the Bible, I would listen. Okay, there were plenty of people God spoke to who didn't listen. So to buy that lie is a huge mistake. If you won't listen to God now, you wouldn't listen to him if he came to you in a dream, but he comes to Abraham with a dream. You would think it would be easy for Abraham to believe, right? But... Let me tell you something. Abraham, when God comes to him and says, you're going to be the father of many nations, you're going to have a bunch of babies, he's 75 years old, and they didn't have a little blue pill to help him get an erection in the Old Testament. So what do you think is going on in Abraham's mind when God says you're going to have a bunch of kids? How am I going to have a bunch of kids, right? But he makes this promise, and the Bible says that Abraham believed God. God dreamed for him. You guys, God has a plan for your life, a dream. When I started out in the youth ministry, there were three of us at the church in Alton before we planted over here, three of us. My last night, there were over 60 of us in the youth ministry. In, in the course of our, my time in, in school, the youth ministry grew a ton because I believed that God wanted to do great things. And in spite of the fact that I knew I was flawed, I was imperfect, I had my crap. I believe that God wanted to do great things and wanted to work in people's lives. And some of you need to grab a hold of the dream that God is trying to give you and get your crap together. You are not little kids anymore. 
When you hit puberty and your man parts start dropping and you start growing hair in places, you're a man, right? You want, do you guys want to be viewed as boys or men? Then it's time when God comes to you and starts talking to you that you buy into the dream that you're a man of God, you're a son of Abraham, and he has incredibly powerful dreams for you to change the world, for you to have generations of young men who follow behind you. Wouldn't you like to come here 10 years down the road from now, and you guys, one of you being up here teaching, and say, man, I remember that year when we talked about being sons of Abraham, I remember talking about generations, and here we are 10 years later, and this youth men's class has to be held in the ballroom because of the dream that you bought that God gave you. That's not an easy dream for some of you to buy, right? How many of you guys have a hard time believing God could use you to create generations of Christians that come behind you? Abraham was 75 years old and God told him he was going to have kids. You want to talk about something hard to believe, but Abraham believed and God credited to him as righteousness. You see, Abraham had to make a decision. God comes to him in Genesis 12 verse 4 and he says, hey, I'm going to make your father of great nations, but in order to do so, Not only am I going to dream for you, you need to go to another country, a place you don't even know. How difficult is that? Nathan, how difficult is it to leave the place you know and go somewhere else because you think or your family thinks God wants to do something through you? Is it easy to leave? Is it easy to go somewhere? No. Nathan and I have had a bunch of conversations about this. It's not easy. It's very difficult. So once God gives you a dream, you have to decide whether or not you're going to make a decision to do what God says. See, God came with a dream to Abraham and said, this is what I want for your life. And Abraham had to make a decision. And in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 12, it says this. So Abraham left as the Lord told him to do. See, the reason that some of you guys are never going to see the dream come true that God has for you in your life is you don't have the faith to do what he tells you to do. For whatever reason, you think you know better, you don't believe that he can come through, whatever it might be. You're never going to experience everything that God has planned for you because you refuse to make a decision that no matter what else happens, you're going to believe God. And because of that belief, real true faith works. You do it. You don't just believe it. It causes action in your life. So here here comes God. I got a dream for you. I believe you. I believe you can do that, God, Abraham says. Okay, well, then you need to move to another country. He doesn't go, well, you know, I've got friends here, and I've got this and that. I don't. He goes, all right, I'll go. And his wife, Sarah, goes with him. So it starts with a dream and then a decision. But then things happen sometimes, and it doesn't always happen right away, right? We want everything in the now, especially your generation. You're so used to having everything when you want it, right? We go, we go to a drive-thru. And when our food doesn't come fast enough through the drive through window, we get upset, right? We get bent out of shape. Whenever you're trying to load a web page or whenever your game, when Fortnite's glitching, we get upset because it's not working fast enough for us, right? You know, we, you think about all the things. You guys want everything instantly. And I'm going to tell you this. In your life and in a relationship with God, one of the things you need to know right now is nothing incredibly good is going to happen in your life or very few things are going to happen like that. They take time. It takes God working on you. And here's Abraham at 75. God says, you're going to have this great nation. Move away. He says, okay. But then there's a delay. In, a, in, in, in Genesis chapter 16, verse 1, he's 86 years old. And it says, Sarah still had not born any children. How many years is that? 75 to 86. 11 years go by after God made a promise. If you're Abraham, are you going, God must have lied? 
Probably so, right? But there's lessons for you to learn in this, and that is that God's going to give you a dream. You have to make a decision, and that doesn't mean it's going to happen immediately. Sometimes there is a delay, and you're going to face difficulties because in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 18, God finally comes to him and says, it's time. But guess what? He's not 86 years old anymore. You know how old he is? 99. There's way less chance of his body working, right? If you know what I'm saying. At 99, than there was at 75, right? As a matter of fact, he looks and he goes, how can, Abraham looks at God and says, how can a son be born to a man my age? But it says, but then he chooses to believe God anyway. You know, it, you know what's bad about this whole scenario? Whenever God comes and makes these promises to Abraham about him having kids, you know what the worst part of the story of being a man is? And you're going to find this out when you get married. Whenever Sarah finds out that God says, hey, Abraham's still going to be able to get it up and give you a baby, you know what she does? She laughs. <laughs> She's like, what? No way. But here's Abraham. He's been given a dream. He's made a decision. He's fought through the delays of those things. He's faced difficulty. But even at 99, through everything he's been through, he goes, God, I don't know how this can happen, but if you say it can, I'll believe it. I don't know what difficulties you guys are facing that are making you doubt whether or not God can use you, whether or not God wants to do great things for you. I know what some of them are for some of you guys, right? I know some of those things. Nathan coming into a new school, that's hard to believe that God's going to bring you into a place you didn't know. You know, with Jackson, you guys, Jackson gives off an air that he's, and he does have a confidence about him. Jackson also has some insecurities that make him doubt some things about himself, right? Isn't that fair? Tristan, you got difficulties that you're facing in your life, family stuff, battles within yourself, right? Those things keep you from believing that God can use you sometimes. Newbies, you've had difficulties, right? The last few years have been hard, haven't they? It's easy to believe that God isn't going to do those things. You moved, right? You're at a new church. You're at a new school. Hard to believe. Liam, Aiden, you guys have been through some pretty crappy stuff over the past year. Right? But listen, listen. Those difficulties that any of you guys are facing, whether it be a difficulty you've brought upon yourself or something somebody else has placed in your life or a freaking tragedy, does not change the fact that God is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he said he's going to do if you make a decision to allow it. I don't care what's going on. If you choose faith, if you choose to believe God is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do, if you choose to believe that in a way that brings about action in your life, nothing will keep God from fulfilling his promises, no matter what that difficulty you're facing is, whether it's a battle within yourself, a tragedy, or something someone else has placed on your shoulders, God is able to work. And sometimes you feel like you just hit that dead end. You know, in Genesis 21, verses 1 through 6, he finally has his son. How awesome would that be? After all those years of waiting, over 100 years old, God comes through on his promises. How are you going to feel about that son if you're Abraham? That's your prized possession. He's your heir. He's the one who's going to, he's the one who's going to make God's, in a minute, Aiden. He's the one who's going to make God's promises come true in your life. And then all of a sudden you hit a dead end because guess what God does? He comes to Abraham and says, hey, I know you had faith in me when I said you were going to have a whole nation. I know you had faith in me when I told you to move to a new country. I know you had all those things, but now I want you to take your son who I gave you, and I want you to trust me enough and have enough faith. I want you to take him up on that mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. What a wall to run into, right? 
If I'm Abraham, I'm like, screw that. I'm not doing that to my kid. Are you kidding me? But Abraham's a man of faith. You know what Abraham does? He takes, Aiden up the, or he takes uh, Isaac up the mountain. Sorry, Aiden. <laughs> he takes Isaac up the mountain. You know what he does? Ties him up, right? And what happens? He goes to sacrifice him, and God steps in again and says, man, you're a man of great faith, Abraham. I, you're not killing your son. Sometimes those, dead, those difficulties and those dead ends you run into, sometimes those things are those trials and the tests that God is trying to see if you're legitimately believing he is who he says he is and that he's going to do what he says. And the sad thing is, is so many people give up one foot away from the, end, the, from the finish line. They get right to the end, and God puts a roadblock there and says, all right, I want to know, do you really believe me? And they're like, man. And they turn around, even though they've went down this long journey, and they miss it by that much. Because they think there's a dead end, but with God, there's not a dead end. Because not only does God give you a dream, not only do you have to make a decision, he's going to allow you to go through delays, through difficulties. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're a dead end, but God always delivers on his promises. Always. Genesis 22 12 through 14, he's getting ready to sacrifice Isaac, and God says, don't hurt that boy. And not only does God say don't hurt him, but he says, I've provided a lamb for you. And in the thicket on that same mountain, there's a lamb, and they take that lamb, and they sacrifice it to God because of how good he was. And Isaac goes on to do exactly what God said Abraham would have, and that is to deliver something great to him. So what do I do once I reach that dead end, though, to make sure I don't give up? Some of you are facing that. What do you need to do first? Remember what God can do. It says in uh, verse 17 of Genesis 4, Abraham believed in God who gives life to the dead and who creates something out of nothing. You see, Abraham had this belief from what Scripture says is that the reason that he was willing to sacrifice Isaac, do you understand what that passage is saying? What is it saying? Anybody know? Let me read it again. What do you think Abraham's believing when it says Abraham believed in God who gives life to the dead and creates something out of nothing? What's he believe? He believes even if he sacrifices Abraham, God has made him a promise. God's going to come through. So even if he sacrifices Isaac, God will bring him back from the dead. See, sometimes you hit those dead ends, and it's very difficult to believe that you're ever going to get through them, right? It's difficult to believe you can ever be those things, but you have to remember what God can do. You have to remember that when Marcus came to Lindenwood, he hadn't had a man who had taught him the kind of security that he could have, and he was afraid to walk into the cafeteria and eat. He was so insecure, he would go eat by himself in his room. Is that a true story, Marcus? Any of you view Marcus like that now? Moses. When Moses came here, he and Ashley had had a baby, and they had lost a baby. That's a horrible tragedy to go through, isn't it? They got together. They had all kinds of issues and their problems in relationships before. They get together again. Still have issues and problems, didn't you? But God came through. And now they're working with you guys and helping you guys learn about a relationship with God. You think Tim hasn't been through some really difficult dead ends? You think when Tim lost the, the love of his life in, in Mal, that that what didn't look like a complete dead end to him? But Tim remembers what God can do. And part of the reason Tim remembers what God can do is he looks back at a generation. He looks back at Mal and goes, I know what God did in Mal's life. I could tell you stories about Stefan when he was in college, about Evan. We could walk through all kinds of stuff. You have to remember when you hit a dead end, God, what God has done in the past. 
and remember what he's able to do, and you have to believe that he's willing to do that. In Luke 18, 27, it says, what is impossible with men is possible with God. You know, whenever Marlon, when Marlon walked away from God, when Marlon got in trouble for dealing drugs and all the stuff he went to, when he went away to prison, there, it would have been very easy for him or for us to be like, that's it, I don't, there's no way to redeem this situation. But I didn't believe that because I've seen God do more incredible things than that in my lifetime. And God is able to do things that we look at and we're like, there's no way that could ever take place. There's no way that a, somebody who was sexually abused by their great-grandfather the way that my dad was should ever be able to, to build a church. Look what most men who go through what my dad went through, what are their lives like? Are they good? Do they have good families? No. As a matter of fact, a lot of those men go on to abuse other children, don't they? But what's impossible with man is possible with God. I don't know what, you, what those dead ends you're all facing at this moment are, but I know I know what God can do, and you need to remember what God can do. And secondly, you need to rely on what God has said. Um, verse 18 of Romans chapter 4 says, When hope was dead within him, Abraham went on hoping in faith. He relied on the word of God. You see, when Abraham hit a dead end, he, he knew what God was capable of, and he also remembered what God said he would do. You need to know that God's powerful enough to do what he, what he wants, but you also need to remember he's made a lot of promises to you in his word, and you need to rely on what he's told you. But the problem with a lot of you guys is this. You don't even get in his word, so you have no idea what his promises for you are. How can you rely on what God has said to you when you're not getting in your scripture on a consistent enough basis to be able to believe it? The Bible says that if you're going to have faith, you have to hear the message. You've got to be in the word of God in order to rely on what God has said. Hebrews eleven seventeen. while God was testing him, Abraham still trusted God and his promises. He remembered what God said. Uh, verse 18, though it seemed Abraham's hope could not be fulfilled, he did become the father of many nations exactly as God had promised. See, when he hit that dead end, he looked and he said, you know what? God said he's going to do it. He's going to do it. You guys have got to make a decision that you're going to remember what God can do, but you're going to rely on what he said. And the, the third thing is, you have to face the facts with faith. Here's the thing, guys. It would be dumb of you just to pretend that you don't have issues and problems in your life or dead ends in front of you, right? Is it realistic to look at your life and say everything's great and smile and act like nothing's wrong and everything's fine all the time? No. And Christians who do that are full of crap. All right? That's just honest. We all know that. You guys, we live in a broken world because of sin and dead ends happen and bad things take place. But for us to look at those dead ends and, and give up and, and say, right, I'm, I'm done with this. And, and you have to face the facts, but you have to face the facts with faith. You have to look and say, hey, this is going on in my life, and it's a fact that this tragedy took place in my life in this past year. I have to face the fact that I was abused. I have to face the fact that I struggled with homosexuality. I have to face the fact that I'm addicted to pornography. I have to face the fact of all these things that stand in front of me that keep me from being who God wants me to be. I have to admit that they're there, but I not only have to acknowledge those things, I have to face them with faith that God can help me overcome any obstacle because I know who he is and how powerful he is. I know he said he's going to do it, so I have to face the facts, but face them with faith. Verse 19 and 20. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead and Sarah's womb was also dead. 
yet he did not waver with unbelief. See, Abraham wasn't going, he, he didn't look down and be like, oh, everything's still good, I'm 100 years old, it still works right. He looked and was like, no, this thing's dead, it's not going to work. And he looked at his wife and goes, and she's wore out, she's not going to work either. But it says it didn't waver his faith. He faced the facts, but he knew that God was bigger than the facts were. He knew what God could do and what God had promised were bigger than the facts that seemed so insurmountable to him. And we've got to face the facts of faith. And then finally, guys, I have to expect God to deliver me. I have to have a confident expectation that when God has made me a promise and has the power to do these things, that he is actually going to come through. Because he's done it so many times. And, and, and part of the problem is, is that we look and sometimes we view things from a very earthly perspective. A lot of the things that we look at, for instance, let me, with Tim and Mal. And I know it's got to be hard for Tim to, to talk about those things in classes all the time, but here's the thing. For us, we all miss Mallory greatly, right? For those of you who have lost a loved one, a baby, a friend, a child, a sibling, a cousin, it's hard, right? And we look at that as this horrific tragedy, don't we? Because they're not here with us anymore. But you have to face the facts with faith and realize our perspective is worldly. Mallory is happy right where she's at. Right? Mallory is in a better place and she's sitting up there going, I can't wait till y'all get up here because you're worried about me and you should be worried about yourself because where I'm at is awesome. Lolo is with God. Right? Right? She's better off than any of us. She really is. And while our hearts hurt and it's okay to hurt, it's okay to miss, she's better than any of us are. See, part of facing the facts of faith and part of expecting God to do what he says is when he says, listen, at the end of your life, you're going to be with me, that we actually believe that and we expect him to follow through on it. And that makes a lot of the stuff that we face here on earth a lot more easy to overcome when you expect that God is going to deliver you. In verse 20 and 21, but Abraham never doubted. He praised God for his blessing even before it happened. He was completely sure that God was able to do anything he promised. See, he had this hope and faith. And what that means is hope is like this confident expectation and a belief in a God who is powerful enough to do what he says. Almost all of you guys raised your hand and said you have a difficult time believing God can use you to make a great nation of believers who follow behind you, right? You need to get your faith in check. What's the point of serving a God you don't really believe in? Why, why would, if Abraham didn't believe those things, would he have wasted his time moving to another country? Would he have wasted the heartache of waiting all those years to have a child? No. He actually believed God could do it. And some of you guys, it's kind of, you, you've heard people say it's time to poop or get off the pot. You ever heard somebody say that? Right? You don't want to just go, if you're going to go sit on the toilet, you're usually sitting on the toilet for a reason, right? And it's time, you don't just go sit there to hang out. You're going there to do your business. So either poop or get off the pot. Faith-wise, for some of you guys, it's time for you to make some real decisions about what you're going to do with your faith. It's time to either get real about it and to start changing your life and start allowing God to fulfill the promises and expecting him to do what he says he's going to do or to give it up. Now, obviously, you know that's not what I would want for any of you because I believe that God is who he says he is and wants to do what he wants to do in your life. 
but I can't believe it for you. Your youth leaders can't believe it for you. Your parents can't believe it for you. You can't believe it for each other. You have to decide whether or not you remember what God can do, whether or not you're going to rely on what God has said, whether or not you're going to face the facts of faith, and you're going to expect God to deliver you. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 1, 9, and 10. But this happens so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us. He will deliver us. And we have our hope set on the fact that he will continue to deliver us. What do you expect from God? Because let me tell you something. The Bible says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. All right? So what does that mean? What does that mean? According to your faith, it will be done to you. Guess what? You expect nothing to happen. Guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Because God wants to work in your life, but you have to believe him in order for him to work the way that he wants to. You expect great things, guess what God's going to do? Great things, because that's what he has planned for you, but you've got to put your faith and trust in him. It is time for you boys to be men. It is time for you to realize, no matter where you've come from, you are a son of Abraham. You're a son of the man who set off generations in Millions of people who would follow God. You come from good stock. I don't care. God does not care what physical gene stock you come from. He doesn't care who your parents were, what they've done, where they've been. And I don't say he doesn't care in a sense he doesn't care about them. I'm saying that has no no forbearance on what you're going to become. You're a son of Abraham. It's time to start acting like it. This youth ministry should explode in growth. This youth ministry should be changing the world, and it can, and it will, when you guys decide that you're going to remember what God can do, you're going to rely on what God has said, you're going to face the facts of your life, but face them with faith, and you expect God to deliver you. That's when you're going to see great things happen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, I just want to, again, thank you for this weekend. I pray, God, that you will work on the hearts of every guy in here, God. Every dude in here, God, is facing some difficulties or dead ends in their lives. I know they are because that's life. That's what it is. And, God, I pray that you'll help them to be able to see past the difficulties, help them to see over the dead ends, to realize the finish line is right there, God, whenever they can remember what you can do, when they can look at their youth leaders God, that they have before them and and be reminded of how powerful you are, God, that they can rely on your word, that they will get into your word and know what it says, God, that they they will be able to overcome those things, God, that they will face the facts of their life, God, but not face them kind of like what, what Brian was talking about, God, that they look at those stones, God, but they, they start to look at those things differently. And they face the facts with faith and realize what you can do with those stones, with those hurdles, with those problems and difficulties, God. And then, God, that you will help them to expect you to work and deliver them, God, and to use them to do great things for other people, God. Help this room to be a, men, a room full of men who are sons of Abraham, God, and that they adopt his very uh, characteristics and traits, God, of putting their faith in you in a way that makes a massive difference in their lives and in the lives of everyone they come into contact with. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.